Hey everybody, welcome to the Feminization Voodoo R podcast. I am your host, Kylie Gable. It's been a crazy week. So much has happened and very little of it good. However, one good thing did happen and that is that um, I got a recording today from um, Shayla Aspasia of the very final part of the um, Sam's New Life Saga. And uh, it's one of the books that I have been most often praised for. Uh, A lot of people love the ending. And I had no idea how I could possibly break it up. And I figured, you know, if you haven't read the books in the middle, you're missing out. So I'm going to play the final of this series in its entirety. And it is 67 minutes long. So you're not just getting two shows here. You're practically getting three. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, uh, you know, I hope you'll consider purchasing it on Clips for Sale. This is Shayla Aspasia with the last part of Sam's new life called Sam's Future. Sam's Future. Written by Kylie Gable. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. While my life could never be described as boring, it was currently steadily becoming even more complicated. Following various devious machinations on behalf of my stepsister, I had recently been forced by my mother to participate in the increasingly humiliating feminization demands of that same stepsister, Alexis, and three of her friends. But now, I found myself also having to comply with similar dictates from Clarissa, a vindictive girl on whom I had previously played a supposedly innocent, I thought, prank. Unfortunately, she refused to see the humor and was now intent on making me pay, fully and in spades. She insisted on knowing all the details of whatever Alexis and her friends were demanding of me. Then she'd add her own twist. I was trying hard to keep my two sets of tormentors apart, as the last thing I wanted was to have both groups of girls ganging up on me. I really didn't think I could handle that. My usual daily wardrobe now included pantyhose, panties, and a bra. Alexis seemed to find it hysterical seeing all the hosiery hanging up to dry in my bathroom, and even my mother would give a little chuckle, although she thought that my punishment suitably fitted my crime. Unfortunately, she didn't know that I was entirely innocent of the crime for which I was being punished. The problem came when Clarissa gave me an order that I tried to keep from my sister, For instance, when Clarissa started requiring me to wear girls' socks, it was extremely difficult to keep that from Alexis because she would be constantly checking to make sure I was wearing the pantyhose she had ordered me to wear and that my legs were always shaved and completely smooth. One Tuesday in early November was particularly bad. I could tell I was going to be in trouble by the way that Clarissa was approaching me, flanked by her usual two goons, Amber and Melody. 
this was not going to be something simple that could be arranged by the lockers. I caught the smirk on Clarissa's face that seemed to say, I know something you don't, and you're really not going to like it. While they were still halfway down the hall, I quickly slammed my locker shut, forgetting about my homework I might have, and tried to walk rapidly in the opposite direction. I could hear the footsteps of someone running behind me, but I didn't dare look back. Hey, Samantha, wait up, called out a slightly cross Clarissa. We need to talk. I didn't want to talk or wait, but ignoring a direct order from my nemesis would be tantamount to refusing, which I had been thoroughly convinced would be a very bad idea and something that I would certainly regret. I hesitated and slowed, which was all Amber needed to grab my belt, saying firmly, Hey, don't be in such a hurry. Uh, sorry, Clarissa, I gulped. But I have to get back for my makeup practice. Amber and Melody laughed at my confession, but Clarissa just stood there stone-faced. That's fine. We won't take up too much of your very valuable time, she said sarcastically. She waved an arm back down the corridor. Please come with us into our office. With my head hung low and Amber still firmly holding on to my belt, I walked with the girls into the bathroom that they loved so much. It was just after dismissal time and there were a few girls in there checking their makeup before leaving. When they saw me being let in, a couple giggled at my predicament but none of them said anything, and they all quickly left. I know it's not your birthday, said Clarissa, but we simply couldn't resist giving you a couple of presents, because that's just the way we are. Melody stepped forward and tried to hand me a brown cardboard shipping box that had her address as the delivery on it. It had already been opened, and I didn't like the look of things. Oh, that's so kind of you, but you really shouldn't have. I couldn't possibly accept. Or whatever it is, I gushed, desperately trying not to accept the box for Melody. Take it, ordered Clarissa, clearly becoming irritated at my frivolity. With reluctance, I accepted the box. There was a distinctly ominous feeling electrifying the whole bathroom as I opened it. Inside, there were several flesh-colored lumps wrapped in torn tissue and black spray can. I looked up puzzled and shrugged my incomprehension. They're your new tits and ass, precious, gloated a grinning Melody. Take off your shirt, demanded Clarissa. But Amber was already pulling my sweatshirt off me before I even had a chance to register what she had said. Melody took the black can and gleefully applied a liberal layer of gel in two round shapes directly over my nipples on my hairless chest. Amber took the fake breasts from the box and after some careful positioning, firmly pressed them onto my chest, preemptorily indicating that I should assume the holding of my new breast in place. Don't push too hard. Be sort of firm, but gentle with them. They won't take long to set properly. Yeah, they're looking nice and perky, advised Melody. 
Nervously, I held the breast forms to my chest as I could feel tightening of my skin, which presumably was the glue starting to set. They both seemed pretty secure after only a few minutes, and it was only as I took my hands away that it occurred to me. I would now have tits. Wow, said Clarissa. They are really nice. Someone's got jugs, joked Melody, lamely. I wouldn't say jugs, but definitely a healthy set of sea cups, added Amber. Do they feel secure? I guess so, I replied, shaking my shoulders and jiggling them about. Do some jumping jacks, Samantha, ordered Clarissa. Reluctantly, I complied. The new weight on my chest was something I wasn't used to and threw my balance off. The girls laughed hysterically at the sight of me trying to jump up and down, while falling forward at the same time. You'll get used to them eventually, beamed Melody. What about the other thing? Melody reached back into the box and pulled out more flesh-colored lumps held together by some pieces of stretchy material. When she held it up, it was a strange padded girdle. On the front panel was a pair of prominent labial lips, with a dark entrance between while on the back there was some heavy padding which would give the wearer a substantial bubble butt. Oh no, I gasped when it finally dawned on me what she was holding. Oh yes, said Clarissa. I can't wear that, I stated. But it came out as more of a plea. Sure you can. Real women have curves. They were all laughing cruelly at me now. You are going to wear it one way or another, threatened Amber. Stepping towards me menacingly, I backed away instinctively, but knew that I had nowhere to go. There would be no escape, and I would soon have a fake pussy and bubble butt to go with my new tits. Take off your pants and your little dainties. We need to see how it fits, ordered Clarissa. I've learned so much researching special girls like you, Samantha. Despite my shame, I pulled down my pants, followed by my pantyhose and panties. Stepping into the girdle, though, it was difficult. It was very tight and difficult to pull up over my hips. Both Amber and Melody each took a side and helped, lifting me completely off the ground in the process. I felt so self-conscious squeezing myself into a girdle with my penis flapping all over the place. I gasped as Clarissa grabbed it and unceremoniously stuffed it into a tube in the front of the girdle, which held it tight, pointed down between my legs. Between the breast forms and the girdle, I now had the body of a voluptuous woman, at least from the neck down. Suddenly, Clarissa began to spray some of the adhesive from the black can inside the panties. I tried to move away from her, but Amber quickly grabbed my wrist firmly, holding me in place, while Clarissa ensured that the girdle wasn't going to be removed easily, if at all. I figured, if it works on the breast forms, it'll work on the girdle too, said Clarissa. Yeah, it should work great, agreed Melody. But how am I going to take it off, I asked concern. What about when I have to go to the bathroom? Relax, said Melody. There's a hidden flap in the back for when you have to poop, and another underneath so you should have no trouble peeing, except for sitting down like any other girl. 
Hey, we gave you some real nice curves. Don't you have anything to say about it? asked Amber. Thank you, I replied sheepishly. Okay, put your clothes back on, Samantha. We wouldn't want to make you late for your makeup lesson, taunted Clarissa. Obviously, you'll be wearing both of those things until I say you can stop. I rushed or jiggled over to Gwen's house with tears streaming out of my eyes the entire time. My pants barely buttoned over my new bigger butt and thighs, and even if I wasn't quite a C-cup, there was absolutely no way to hide that I now had breast. I was nearly half an hour late when I finally got there. Where the hell have you been, she demanded, opening the door before I could even ring the bell. I... I can explain, I sobbed. What the? Why do you have breasts? What on earth did Alexis do to you? She sounded genuinely sympathetic, and I really needed someone to just be on my side. Look, please, it's nothing. I'm here for my lesson, I sniffed, trying to stop crying. Come on in, then, she said. However, if you think you're going to get away with arriving here half an hour late and then refusing to tell me why... Or why you now have boobs and a serious ass? You're sorely mistaken, young lady. Oh, please, I begged. I thought you'd be happy. Isn't this what you wanted? Maybe, she said pensively. But I still want to know what happened, and if I don't get some answers pretty damn quick, you will simply not believe quite how embarrassing tomorrow at school will be for you. So you better think hard. She paused giggled, glancing at my growing, before adding, no pun intended. I stared at her, incredulous that she could crack a stupid joke at a time like this. Then the corner of her mouth turned up and she gave a little smile. All the tension in the atmosphere suddenly evaporated. We both smiled, then grinned. Finally, I gave a little laugh. So tell me, What's got my girl all worked up? She led me into the house and sat me at the kitchen table, sitting opposite me and holding both my hands on the table. Besides the new tits and the J-Lo butt, you mean? I mean all of it. Look, I do like you, Sam. Better Samantha, admittedly. So despite what we've done to you, or maybe just because of it, I will try to help you if I can. I looked at her earnest look and decided that I both believed and had to trust her. Okay, I said. There's this girl, Clarissa, who has the locker next to mine. Well, she found out what you were all doing to me. How? Huh? How did she find out? Duh, it's not real hard to work out, is it? You've left me a lot to hide at school. Hmm, good point, I suppose. So is she responsible for this? She motioned to my new body shape. Yeah, her and her two sophomore girls, Amber and Melody, together they've got just about as much power over me as you all do. Seems she has a grudge against me for a prank I played back in freshman year. When she saw inside my locker, she knew she could get payback. And so has been adding to what you've been doing. Today they gave me these tits, the ass and a fake vagina, glued them on as well, so I can't get them off. Fake vagina, exclaimed Gwen before cracking up with laughter. That's awesome. I just got to see that. 
I thought you'd think so, I sighed. She stopped laughing and looked at me, frowning. Well, it would have been awesome if we had done it. I don't like this other girl causing you problems, trying to assume control over you. I seriously doubt that Alexis, Ashley, or Taylor will like that either. Before muttering quietly, especially Tay, she'll kill her. Well, it's a little late for those sentiments now, I pointed out. No, it's not. Leave it to us. Don't you worry. We'll sort it out for you. Although it's a shame, but you'd better get those things off while you're here. At least there's no way you can hide the boobs or ass like that. Besides, I really want to see your pussy. But I can't. They're glued on, I exclaimed. What kind of glue did she use? I don't know. It came in a black spray can, I added helpfully. With the breast pads, she asked. Yes, I think so. Okay, I think we can get them off then. Don't worry. How do you know about these things? You can't have needed them. No, but I am a woman. She gave me a slightly guilty look. Okay, I won't lie to you. We looked into breast forms for you, but they were too expensive for us. We'd have needed to talk to your mom into springing for them or something. Anyway, most of the adhesives, they can be removed with acetate. Great, and do we have a handy supply of that? Or are we going to have to break into the chemistry lab at school? Acetate is the main ingredient in nail polish remover. Oh, I replied, feeling a bit stupid. They're going to be seriously pissed if I don't have these things on tomorrow. So, tell them I said you had to. You belong to us, not them. But she's bound to turn nasty, I moaned. She looked at me straight in the eye. As I said, you belong to us and we take care of our own, okay? I nodded, but was still unsure. Now come with me, she stood, grabbed my hand, and pulled me up as well, then along to her bedroom. When she got there, she had me stripped down to examine the fake breast, vagina, and the outrageous ass. She tried hard not to, but simply couldn't stop laughing when she saw my vagina. She even had me pose for a few pictures, as she had said the other girls wouldn't want to miss out on something like that. But soon she was using her nail polish remover on my chest, and as promised, slowly but surely, my breast fell off. The girdle was a bit more difficult, as it was very tight on me anyway, but eventually it also came off. Well, I guess your makeup lesson can wait until Thursday, as you've had a bit of a rough day. You don't know the half of it, I mumbled. You know... It would probably help a great deal if you sort of loosened up a bit, she said. Ha! You try loosening up when your mother has told you to obey your stepsister, who with her friends is an intent on making your life hell on earth. Then, just to make it interesting, I now have a crazed girl with a grudge also on my back. But hey, here's an idea. I'll just kick back and chillax, because my friend Gwen says I should. I raged at her. I'm pretty sure that you would enjoy yourself if you could just relax and appreciate the fact that you have three very hot girls who aren't related to you, paying all this attention to you. I know for a fact that Tay would love to fuck you with her strap on. In fact, I'm sure she's going to do exactly that first chance she gets. That's the whole point. I don't want to be a girl. I want to be the one fucking her. Suit yourself, but you know you're pretty good at it. 
and I very much doubt she'd go for you anyway, said Gwen. The next morning, as I was getting my books for the morning classes, I felt a tug on my bra strap. I spun around angrily only to see Clarissa smiling at my reaction. Look, I don't have time for this, Clarissa, I said brusquely. Well, then you better make time then, hadn't you, she replied harshly, and her eyes grew wide. Where the hell are your boobs? Where's your ass? What did you do? I took them off, I said. My sister's friend Gwen helped me. I don't care who helped you. I told you to wear them today, and you've disobeyed me. I hope you like being punished, because you're really going to get it after school. Please, Clarissa, she told me to tell you. I began, but was interrupted. Save your begging and whatever she told you. I don't care. You're going to be doing a lot of begging later. With that, she turned away and left me standing there terrified of what fate awaited me that afternoon. I actually got lucky, as there was no cheerleading practice that day. Alexis wanted to take me shopping to the mall. She was waiting for me by my locker with Taylor when I got there at the end of a very worrying day. Thankfully, there was no sign of Clarissa. It was still a thoroughly humiliating afternoon at the mall, as the two girls had their fun with me. Alexis was a bit nastier than usual, as she was irritated at the apparent lack of reaction that she was getting out of me. But then I was simply relieved at having escaped the punishment of Clarissa and her pair of goons. The only sales girl who got anything like the sort of reaction that they wanted out of me was Heather in the shoe store. She really was a cute girl and had already seen me put in my place, so she had no doubts about who was in charge. Sissy, she called out in greetings as I entered the store. Wonderful to see you again. Are you still dressing all pretty? She sure is, interjected Taylor. Just loves it. Can't get enough of it, in fact. Not only browsing, but she must have tried on 15 dresses in the last couple of stores. Well, what sort of thing are you looking for, princess? I think we'd like to see some sexy boots, Alexa answered for me. Hey, no problem. I've got some real sexy styles here you can try on, offered Heather, going to the back of the store. She returned with four pair of boots, but it was the very first pair she pulled out of the box that made me wilt. Boots were a supple black leather and came up to the thighs with only a spiked four-inch heel. I gasped from just looking at them. These boots would look so sexy with a little black miniskirt, exclaimed Heather. Oh, yes, said Alexis, and she's got the perfect skirt for them. Try them on, sissy, instructed Taylor. Then take a walk around. Let's see them. Putting the boots on was nearly impossible. They wouldn't fit over my pants, but if I rolled the legs up, they would just about go over my knees and then could be tucked under the rolled-up jeans I was wearing. With a lot of help from Heather, I eventually got the boots on and began to walk around, much to the amusement of the girls. Oh, wow, Twinkletoes sure has been practicing, commented Heather. Look at her swing those hips. She could be a model with moves like that. She'll need to be a model to be able to afford those boots, commented Alexis, eyeing the price tag. Go on, I think we should splurge for them, coaxed Taylor. Well, if you need her to help pay for her own things, I know a place where she could earn quite a bit, without even getting off her knees, offered Heather. 
No, I practically shouted, finally finding the gumption to protest. I could even see the gleam come out in Alexis's eye, and then finally managed to get the reaction they had been looking for. Well, just think about it for now. I don't think that'll be necessary if she behaves, soothed Taylor, putting me in a way that was both condescending and possessive. Hey, suit yourself, said Heather. It just seems such a shame to waste cock-sucking lips like those. I was never quite so relieved to finally get out of a shoe store, even if I did now have $200 boots to show for it. I still can't believe she said that. Then you'd better behave, hadn't you? I bet we could get a pretty penny for you, or at least your services. Best behavior, Samantha, warned Taylor, trying to keep a straight face before bursting out in laughter along with Alexis. Unfortunately, my luck didn't hold for Thursday. I tried to go by a different route to avoid Clarissa, but as she knew that I was probably heading to Gwen's after school for my makeup class, I really didn't stand much chance of avoiding her. I walked carefully down the street out of the parking lot, looking all around to make sure I wasn't being followed. But a couple of blocks away from school on the only possible path to Gwen's house, I found Clarissa and her two friends sitting comfortably on the swings in James Park, waiting for me to pass, as they knew I must. I cursed my own stupidity and the pointless precautions I had taken to avoid them. If I had taken off immediately after school and sprinted all the way, I might have beaten them. The thought of sprinting took hold of me, and although I knew it was probably foolish, I took off running hard through the park. Amber was immediately in hot pursuit, and she was very fast. Within 50 feet of where I had started running, she had tackled me. It must have been quite a sight, as I was going full pelt when she launched herself landing full on my back such that I collapsed in a heap with her on top. She rolled off and pulled me up to my feet with my right arm twisted behind my back and her right arm around my neck, holding me in a headlock. Don't you want to play with us, Samantha? she asked sweetly. She wasn't even short of breath. No, let me go. I struggled, but it was futile. This girl was very strong. Oh, come on, that was pretty funny chipped in Melody as they walked up. I think it's absolutely hysterical, added Amber. Take him over to the gazebo, instructed Clarissa grimly. The gazebo at James Park was topped with huge floral display and sat on top of a small hill in the middle of the park, drawing everybody's attention to the white pine wood structure. You ever been tied up, asked Amber. Yeah, I replied disgustedly. Good, then you'll know the routine. Come on, strip. Just down to your underwear, ordered Clarissa. Come on, girls. Is all this really necessary? I pleaded. Yes. Now strip. Oh, we'll enjoy stripping you ourselves, threatened Melody. With Amber looming over me, I quickly stripped down to my underwear, shivering more from fright than from the cool autumn air. This will teach you that when we tell you to do something, you do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. If we tell you to wear something, then you will wear it. Understand, barked Clarissa at me. Yeah, I grunted. I was backed up to the gazebo by Amber, who held me in place while Clarissa and Melody tied my hands and ankles to the structure. Clarissa especially seems to know her way around knots and ropes. 
My hands were lashed together behind me on one of the gazebo's supporting posts, while Melody bound my stocking-covered legs to the bottom of it. "'You're going to have a lot of fun trying to explain this,' said Amber. "'Please, please let me go. I promise I will never disobey you again,' I begged. "'Damn right you won't,' said Clarissa. "'You can have your fun with me without being such a bitch,' I offered. Admittedly, it was probably a bad choice of words, and within moments from uttering them, Clarissa slapped me hard and then stuffed my own worn, sweaty socks into my mouth, tying them in place with her scarf. My pathetic pleas were reduced to very soft murmurs and groans. Well, said Clarissa, we'd better be running along. Don't forget to be wearing your new boobs and girdle tomorrow, or you'll find yourself out here wearing nothing but them. She laughed. Despite my desperate but incoherent pleas, the girl scooped up my clothes and sauntered away, still laughing. A long time passed, and I was beginning to get very uncomfortable. Not only did I have to cope with the obvious humiliation, but being November, it was rather chilly to be standing around in just my flimsy female underwear. Also, the way my stockinged feet had been tied so close to the post meant that I couldn't bend my legs, so I could only stand there steadily, getting cramps in my legs. It amazed me how long a guy could stand tied up wearing lingerie in public before anybody even noticed him. Without makeup, I was clearly male and not a damsel in distress. But even so, I was obviously a very distressed person. First people to see me and approach were two girls who looked to be in their early teens. They laughed and called me a faggot, but they kept their distance, making no move to help me from my predicament. Finally, a woman around 40, walking a large German shepherd, took pity on me and warily approached. I'm guessing this is some kind of initiation, she said. If I set you loose, will I or you get in trouble? I shook my head, trying to shout no through the gag. She cautiously approached me, warning. Bose here is a great guard dog and will always protect me. Don't give him any reason to attack if I free you. I looked at her trying to ask with my expression how I was supposed to attack her while tied to a post, but then I nodded my head and she untied me. As soon as my legs were freed, I instantly collapsed and rolled about moaning from the pain in my legs. Eventually, I managed to collect myself, untie the scarf, and spit out the socks. She had been firing questions at me about how I'd managed to become stuck like that, but I didn't want to try and explain it. Truth be told, I didn't know what I could possibly say. That I let three girls leave me tied up in a public place dressed only in female lingerie because I hadn't wanted to go along with their feminization plans for me wasn't exactly the first response that leapt to my mind. It, it was an initiation, just like you said, I lied. That's an awfully nice bra and panty set for an initiation, she said skeptically. Well, I borrowed them from my girlfriend. She has very good taste. I lied again. Strange, but I guess nobody was hurt. Well, I hope you pass. Me and Bose might not be around for the next time, she smiled. And she whistled for Bose. I thanked her profusely as they walked away, then realized that I was still missing my clothes and my car keys. I decided that running to Gwen's place was my best and only option. I really hoped I wouldn't find her parents unexpectedly home.
By the time I got to Gwen's house, Taylor and Ashley were already there, and Alexis was on her way. I didn't really even have to explain what had happened. One word as she opened the door confirmed her fears. Clarissa? she asked. I nodded, and the three of them drew me inside. As they sat me down, I began sobbing like a little girl. There, there, my brave little soldier. Taylor threw an arm protectively around me, rubbing and hugging tightly. I'm so sorry you had to suffer like that. Those bitches are going to pay, believe me. They'll learn not to mess with our property, I promise you. A short while later, a different Ashley arrived. There was a concerned and worried but determined look on her face. This wasn't the stepsister that I knew and had recently learned to fear. This wasn't the happy, playful, teasing sister who with her friends had been joyfully tormenting me for the last few months. Were you outside like that, she demanded. For how long? It was probably for only an hour or so, I answered. More like two or three hours, if she got you right after school. Gwen interposed as she gave me a warm blanket to put over my shoulders, which I gratefully took. With Alexis's arrival, I began to relate the whole sad story of my new nemesis to the girls. We hadn't considered this, stated Alexis. It's fine for us to humiliate you, but it doesn't sound if she has the slightest bit of concern about you. She doesn't, but why is that any different than what you do to me? Oh, Samantha, don't you know? Taylor took my face in both her hands and kissed me full in the mouth. We love you. I love you. You're ours. All of ours, and we love you, but mostly Tay's, added a smiling Ashley, winking at Taylor. So what are we going to do about that bitch? Gwen asked. Oh, I have a couple of ideas, Alexis said. Amber is a real beast. You can't fight them. I don't know about Clarissa or Melody, but that Amber will really hurt you. She's had some kind of martial arts training, I blurted out, worried for my new protectors. Don't worry about it. We'll handle it stated a very determined Alexis. She looked at Taylor. You and Ash make sure she gets home safely. Gwen and I need to make some personal calls, okay? Yep, replied Taylor. She gave me another kiss and then stood pulling me up with her. Let's get you home and tucked in bed. You've had a very long day. Don't you worry about a thing. We'll make her stop messing with you. As I was led from her house, Quinn called out to me. Don't you worry, we've got your back. Even after a great night's sleep, I woke dreading that day at school. And with good reason, I thought. The girls had not brought the breast forms or girdle from Gwen's house, so I wouldn't be tempted to disobey them and obey Clarissa, thus avoiding an ugly scene. They seemed to want the scene to happen. They dropped me off as usual with lots of hugs and reassurances, but I was very nervous as I entered the school building. I knew I was going to be in big trouble as soon as I met Clarissa. I didn't have long to wait. I don't fucking believe it, screamed an outraged Clarissa loudly as soon as she saw me by my locker that morning. Do you have a death wish? You must want us to fuck with you. Where the hell are your breasts? I, I left them at home, I stammered nervously. Unacceptable, bitch, spat Clarissa. Please, Clarissa, I pleaded quietly. I didn't want everybody to see me like that. Isn't there some other way I can... You can what? She interrupted. 
Get me off your back? This isn't a negotiation, Samantha. You're not bargaining with me. It's very simple. You just do exactly as I say, or you pay the consequences. And you'll find that there will be some very serious consequences today. They'll make being tied practically naked to a gazebo seem like a walk in the park, laughed humorlessly. How long were you tied up anyway? Long enough. It was humiliating. Duh, it was supposed to be, she smirked. So how did you get free? A woman walking her dog untied me. Okay, a bit of advice for you. Don't try running off again today. It only gets Amber's blood up, and you don't want that. Come quietly after school. And you'll go easy on me? No, not at all, sneered Clarissa. It will save wear and tear on your face, though. I spent the day practically running from class to class, trying to stay with the crowds so they couldn't single me out. A couple of times I saw one of Alexis's friends, and they'd throw me a reassuring smile and a look that seemed to say, Don't worry, we've got it covered. However, I wasn't the least bit surprised when after the last period, as I approached my locker, I was smoothly surrounded by Melody and Amber, each taking an arm and steering me into the usual girl's bathroom. Amber was being her usual intimidating self, and I didn't even try to resist as they guided me to my fate. Once inside, I saw that Clarissa was already there rummaging about inside a duffel bag. What are you doing to me? I asked, terrified. We're going to teach you to do what you're told when you're told. Now strip, ordered Clarissa, looking up with an evil smile. Looking in each of their eyes, I could see there would be no mercy forthcoming. I inhaled deeply and then resigned to my fate. I began to strip as I was ordered. I was almost down to my bra and panties when I noticed that the bathroom was becoming quite crowded. Previously, whenever they had taken me into that room, any girls already in there usually seemed to decide very quickly that they were urgently required elsewhere. Equally, any girls arriving after as suddenly found that they no longer needed to use the facilities. This time, however, there had seemed to be a steady arrival of more and more girls, just standing around watching. I just assumed that they just wanted to see me being humiliated. But as I turned to face Clarissa in my underwear, I realized that the room had become seriously crowded. Then my heart leapt as I heard a welcome voice from behind me. Hi, I do hope we're not interrupting anything. The tone of Gwen's voice simply washed over me. I glanced behind to see a large crowd of cheerleading girls practically filling the large room with still more entering and spilling out around the walls. Out front and center were Gwen, Alexis, Taylor, and Ashley smiling innocently. I instantly went weak in the knees and felt a small tear squeeze out of the corner of my eye. I don't think Melody or Amber really knew what was happening, but I could see that Clarissa was absolutely livid. What are you doing here, she spat. She is my stepbrother, you know, growled Alexis very slowly. Yeah, yeah, we know, said Clarissa tersely. We also know that you do the same thing we do. In fact, you started it all. That's not quite true, countered Taylor, but the important difference is that we're allowed to. You're not. Says who, demanded Amber, striding up to confront Taylor. 
I was immensely proud of Taylor for physically squaring off with a much bigger girl. We do. You probably haven't met all the squad. But you do know Janie, don't you? She waved an arm behind her, and a very fit-looking girl stepped out from the crowd. She had a smaller, slighter build than Amber, but had an extremely confident look about her. She simply nodded at the bigger girl and said, Amber. Amber turned pale as she nodded back, replying with a quiet Janie. Who the fuck is she? demanded Clarissa, beginning to lose her cool somewhat. She's in my jujitsu class, replied Amber quietly. She's a black belt. I see, said Clarissa, rapidly grasping the situation and turning to Taylor. So you went out to find someone to neutralize my muscle. But will she? And they always be around to cover your asses? I think you've possibly misunderstood the situation, Alexis replied. This is simply a few members of the cheerleading squad who come here to express their dislike for what you're doing to our Samantha and to express their earnest desire that you cease and desist from any future harassment of her. Or what, you're going to attack us if we refuse, sneered Clarissa? If it comes to that, yes, answered Gwen loudly, to a general murmuring of an agreement from the crowd behind her, which surged forward a bit. Listen, Puddles, go and find somebody else to bully, as she's already spoken for, added Alexis. In fact, I think you need a new nickname. What do you think about skank, huh? So unless you want us to ensure that the whole school only ever refers to you by your new nickname from now on, I think you need to apologize, continued Gwen. Apologize for what? shouted Melody, who obviously hadn't quite understood what was happening and was still showing a reckless bravado. Of course, you'll still have your two friends, even if that's all you have. You know we can do it and will threatened Alexis. Amber and Clarissa knew when they were beaten, even if Melody didn't. Okay, we're sorry, said Clarissa. Her shoulders slumped. We'll leave her alone. Not good enough, said Taylor. What What else do you want? asked an exasperated Clarissa. Apologize to her and try to make it convincing, insisted Taylor. She turned to me and sounded sincere. We're very sorry, Samantha. I saw a chance to settle a stupid old grudge, and I guess I got a bit carried away. I promise we won't bug you any more. Sorry, Sam, added Amber. Melody simply scowled, but was ignored. Thanks, I appreciate it, I said. I had no idea how to handle the apology, but I really hoped that I wouldn't have to deal with those girls again. Come on, let's get out of here, said Clarissa, and the three of them left through a gap that quietly opened in the surrounding crowd. After they had left, Alexis turned to the crowd and shouted, Thank you, sisters. Then they all seemed to hug and high-five each other, while I stood there totally dumbfounded in just my underwear. Finally, Taylor disengaged herself and came over and gave me a hug and a kiss, saying, I told you that we'd make her back down. Trust me now. Yes, Taylor, I kissed her back. Just don't go thinking that we're going to start taking it easy on you. I never thought you would, I smiled. And don't you forget it, chimed in a smiling Alexis. It's a real relief to finally get home that afternoon. I was overjoyed to think that I wouldn't have to hide from Clarissa and her two goons anymore. 
It was Friday afternoon, and I had the whole weekend ahead of me. Unfortunately, my mom was away on another business trip, and that meant that Alexis's control over me would be even more complete. She insisted that I get fully dressed as soon as I got home from school. In my makeup classes with Gwen, I had begun to learn the rudiments of how to do my own makeup. So Alexis insisted that I make myself up, put on my little black dress, and the black five-inch pumps that were really difficult to walk in. I should have talked to Clarissa about those boobs, announced Alexis as she walked into my room. They were so realistic. Not so sure about that girdle, though. They were so big, made me feel very top-heavy, I said. Yeah, nobody said being a girl was easy, replied Alexis indifferently. You couldn't let me go back to being a guy. No way, Jose, she giggled at my suggestion. In fact, I'm going out with the girls tonight, and I don't trust you to stay out of my stuff, so I'm going to tie you up. Really? I groaned. That's kind of ridiculous, don't you think? Are you questioning me? No, I'm sorry, I sighed. Look, I'll make it easy on you. I'll just tie you loosely in bed so you can nap until I get back. Come on, lie down on the bed, she commanded. I did as she told me, and then allowed her to tie my wrists together, pull them over my head, and attach them to the headboard. She had gotten quite good at quickly and efficiently tying me up. My ankles were tied together as well, leaving me totally helpless until she should return. Ten minutes later, I heard the girls' voices downstairs, and then with the door slammed, they were gone. Terrible thought of what I would do if there was an emergency suddenly came to mind. If a fire broke out or somebody broke into the house with only me there all tied up, but I tried to get those thoughts out of my head. I was only frightening myself. According to my alarm clock, I lay there for 45 minutes before I heard the front door open and then close. I assumed that Alexis had returned early and so called down to her. I expected you to be out much longer than that. How about untying me? When I got no response, I shouted out Alexis's name but again heard nothing other than the footsteps, slowly climbing the stairs. What if it wasn't Alexis? My earlier fears came back to haunt me. This could be a robbery, or maybe my mom was home unexpectedly. But if it was my mom, why wouldn't she answer my calls? Footsteps approached, and suddenly my heart leapt as I saw her. Standing there in the doorway, looking like an apparition, was the glorious vision that was Taylor. Wearing only a pink nightie and her sister's dildo strapped around her waist, a look of wanton lust in her eyes. In truth, I was also practically beside myself with desire. I didn't have much experience with girls and certainly none that looked anything like her. I did say we'd continue later, remember? Mm-hmm, I gulped. Well, you know, I could just rape you right here. I could fuck your brains out, and you could do nothing to stop me, could you? She said, rubbing my leg and sliding herself onto my thigh. I wouldn't want to stop you. 
I kind of like the thought of ravaging you while you lie there helpless to stop me. However, I'm not going to do that, though. No, my throat had become extremely parched. Nope, she smiled. First, you'll have to ask me to fuck you. Fuck me, Tay, I pleaded. Well, I'm not that easy, she responded, messing up my hair and looking down at me. Beg me, beg me to fuck you senseless. Please, please fuck me, Taylor, I practically yelled. I need to feel you inside me. Oh, please, please, I just need to feel your cock. Please, I want to be your bitch. All you had to do was ask nicely, she smiled as she hurriedly pulled down my stockings and panties and began to lube up my ass. Don't worry, I'll be gentle. I want this so bad, I confessed, but, but I'm scared. Hey, it's really not that big, and I just told you I'd be gentle. She held my face, looking deep in my eyes. Look at me. I promise I won't hurt you. Do you trust me? Yes, but that's not it, I said. I I don't want to be gay. I really wasn't expecting her to laugh at my face at that point, just as I bared my soul to her. But that's exactly what she did. You're kidding me, she said, choking back her laughter. You've been running around wearing a fake pussy, fake tits, dresses, heels, and makeup. You've gone on dates with hunky guys and practiced sucking on a dildo. Then the reason you think you might actually be gay is because you're worried you'll enjoy having sex with a woman? All right, maybe that was a little bit silly. More than a bit, she said. Now, wrap those lips around this and suck my cock, bitch. Apparently, she was through being gentle and shoved her fake pink cock right in my face, slapping me with it until I opened up. When I did, she teased me, making me chase it around, before she finally stuffed it as far down my throat as she could. I fought back my gag reflex, and soon she was face-fucking me. Mm, take it all, Samantha. I had not had enough experience with dildos to really know how to deep-throat one, but I took as much as I could. I used my tongue to give her a very sloppy, wet blowjob. Oh, that's so good, baby, she cooed. A part of me really felt proud of myself for sexually arousing a woman, even if it was just my tongue on her fake dick. A myriad of emotions went through my mind as she rode my face until she was soaking wet. Only then did she pull the rubber cock from my mouth, bent and lifted my legs above my shoulders. Are you ready to get fucked? She said gently. Yes, more than anything. I groaned, already so turned on. I could even feel her quivering as she moved my panties out of the way. Then I felt something pressing against my asshole. She pressed a well-lubed finger inside my tight little hole, pushing the lube inside and rubbing it firmly all around. When she thought she had loosened me enough, she shifted position, lining herself up slowly and gently, she nudged her cock against my ass, gradually becoming firmer and more insistent. With an almost agonizing slowness, she pushed it into me, 
forcing my anal ring to expand. After every quarter inch or so of progress, she'd pause and let me acclimate to the feeling of being so stretched. I felt like I was taking a shit in reverse and with a very large stool. Finally, my internal muscles simply took over and I tried to push it out. This had the exact opposite effect as it opened me up completely and she slid inside me. We both gasped at the moment of entry and looked deep into each other's eyes. I must have had a brief look of pain on my face as she looked at me concerned. But then as my look turned to wonder, excitement, and sheer eroticism, she grinned and gently pushed further into me. Moving slowly and pausing frequently, it took her some time to fully penetrate me. But when she had, oh my lord, I was overwhelmed by how good it felt. Full and bursting, she slowly withdrew until it was almost out. Then she pushed back into me again. It was very slow, gentle, and loving, and I simply adored every moment. Gradually, almost imperceptibly, she increased the speed of her thrust until she was pounding away at my ass. I was lying on my back with my legs up in the air, and she was kneeling above me, vigorously thrusting her cock deep inside my bowels. Any initial pain or concerns I had felt now had been drowned in the veritable sea of lust. Soon, I was trying to push up to meet her thrust for thrust, but from the position I was in, I had no leverage, which made my active participation pretty much impossible. All I could do was plead for more. Take me, Tay, I beseeched. Oh, I'm going to take you. All the way, baby. I'm going to fuck you so good, she replied. She did, too. Before long, we had a great rhythm going that was filling us both with lust and desire. I was reaching heights as I had never dreamt were possible. All my senses were becoming overwhelmed, and I knew I was ready to explode. I, I'm going to come, I panted. Do it, she ordered. In your face, I want you to spunk in your own mouth. I can't, I gasped. Ha, like you've got any choice. She reached around my legs and stroked my penis, which was hanging right over my mouth within seconds that took me over the edge, and I was spurting cum right into my face. Open up, bitch, she demanded. I want to see you swallow it all, you slut. I did as I was told and felt it hitting the back of my throat. It also climaxed only moments later, triggered by my degrading spectacle. Then she collapsed on top of me, both of us bathed in sweat and the smelling of raw sex. She kissed me, tasting the jizz in my mouth, and rolled off and lay next to me, pulling me close to her as we cuddled and kissed on the bed for the next hour or so. For the first time in a long time, I was blissfully happy, physically content, and even excited about the future. Well, that was fun, she said, looking at me, but I suppose I'd better be going going i was shocked you're leaving me already yeah she shrugged unapologetically i've got parents too you know it's not like i can move in here so what was all that what are we i exclaimed indignant what do you mean her irritation rising i mean are we just fuck buddies boyfriend and girlfriend or what do you feel like my boyfriend no i guess not i admitted sadly Look, this could become a regular thing if you want it to, and you're a very good sissy. 
Maybe I can spend the night occasionally when your mom is out. But as to what we are, I guess you'll just have to figure that out. I'm sure you will. Have a good night. What? Wait, aren't you even going to untie me? Nope, she answered simply. Alexis doesn't trust you on your own yet. Why don't you snuggle down and get some beauty sleep? But it's way too early for bed, I complained. Well, I've got to be going. She blew me a kiss and smiled and then quickly left. And just like that, I was on my own again. Still tied up on my bed, after she left, I regretted not having asked her for a glass of water, as I still had the taste of cum in my mouth. But the taste brought back the memory and feeling of what had just happened, giving me the biggest and happiest smile I'd had for a very long time. While it was cruel and degrading, it was still the most amazing experience of my whole life. I did eventually manage to fall asleep only to be awoken by Alexis shaking my shoulder. Come on, Samantha, wake up. Huh? Oh, hi, Alexis. Disappointed that she wasn't Taylor, who had been filling my dreams as easily as she had filled me, written all over my face. You had a very long day yesterday, and I should have untied you last night, but you were sleeping so peacefully with that big grin on your face that I didn't want to wake you, she said as she began to untie my bonds. Yeah, I sighed. I guess I did, and I owe you all a big thank you for dealing with Clarissa and her crew for me. Hey, no thanks needed. Sisters always look after each other, she replied. But we're not really sisters, and neither are you with Gwen, Ashley, a slight pause, or Taylor. I knew I turned slightly pink, but hoped Alexis hadn't noticed. If she saw it, she made no comment. Not my blood, maybe, but we're still sisters, she insisted. More than sisters, really. We look out for each other, watch each other's backs, you know. We're probably closer than most blood sisters, she paused, then looked straight at me. We all like you. So, can I be a sister as well, I joked. No, but we'll still look out for you. She finished untying me, so she held out her hand, which I took, as she pulled me up into a sitting position and then sat down next to me. Samantha, you know that we all really like you, don't you? She continued before I could respond. But we're not going to stop dressing you up and genuinely bossing you around. You know that as well, don't you? Yeah, I suppose, I sighed. You've even managed to get Mom telling me to do as you say now, so I don't see that I have much of a choice, do I? No, you don't. We all really love it, so I don't see us slowing up, let alone stopping, any time in the near future. But is it really so bad? Don't you enjoy at least some of it? Be honest. I thought back to the previous day, after the terror that Clarissa and her goons had inspired. I had almost wept with the relief when the girls had saved me. Then later with Taylor, I had never before felt anything quite so amazing in my entire life. Yes, it was amazing, I whispered. That's what I thought, but we've been doing some thinking, and although none of us is willing to completely give you up, because you're simply too much fun for us to do that, but after what happened with Clarissa, we think that maybe you should probably need a single mistress to control and look after you. Obviously, we'll still get to play with you, but while doing so, we will all defer to your mistress. So who will that be, I ask? Do you have a preference? 
she asked, toying with me. Well, I squirmed, feeling a sense of obligation. You are my sister, and... Hey, don't sweat it, she grinned and hugged me. I don't want to be my own stepbrother's mistress, but I still get to boss you about. I grinned back at her, at that moment loving her more than I ever had. Ashley has her boyfriend and so can't afford to be the time to be your mistress. Gwen doesn't have a boyfriend since Ryan, but she doesn't really want a sissy. She was the one that had started all this. And what is it with her and Ryan? Actually, it wasn't her who started all this. Yes, it was. She invited me to her party the night I got caught in that witch's costume. She just looked at me, waiting for the penny to fall. Suddenly, as if a veil had been lifted, everything fell into place, and it all made sense. I understood the entirety of what they had done and realized that I had never stood a chance against the four of them. But, so she, she just enticed and trapped me, I exclaimed. I told you, sisters do things for each other. We go that extra mile. So what was all that with Ryan, I asked, still slightly confused. Oh, she discovered that he's bi and a sub. A bi, I queried. Bisexual, you know, swings both ways, ACDC. Oh my God, you are so naive, aren't you? He's, how can I put it, not homophobic in the slightest or at all, despite being a man. He's gay, I squeaked, remembering that I'd slept in a bed with him. No, he's just not fussy male or female. It doesn't matter to him. But he's also confirmed sub, a submissive, which incidentally is what you obviously are as well. Subs like being told what to do, ordered about, bossed around. Is that why he does everything she tells him? Yep, pretty much. That along with the fact that he really wouldn't want the rest of the team to find out about their quarterback. But she refers the macho alpha male types, at least in her boyfriends. Sorry, sis, but you had as much of a chance becoming her boyfriend as you did of beating Ryan out for starting quarterback. Oh, I felt silly being so easily duped. But, she continued before pausing dramatically, Taylor likes her obedient pretty sissies. She's actually the one that started all this. She recognized that trait in you, told me, and said she wanted you. But I was your older brother, even a stepbrother. I was half indignant. Yeah, and a pain in the ass you were too. The immature idiot that kept playing infantile jokes on me and my friends. So when Taylor saw through you, we decided to do something about it. I did say that sisters help each other, didn't I? She grinned at me. It was a simple ceremony held on the first available day when Gwen's parents were away and we could have some privacy in the gardens of their large house. The backyard gardens looked amazing with beautiful technicolor hues brought on by the crisp autumn weather. Girls were all dressed smartly, not outrageously so, but they were mostly in skirts and blouses or pantsuits as opposed to their usual jeans and sweatshirts. Taylor's older sister Sabrina stood just outside with the four girls, making pleasant small talk as I steadied myself, primping and preening in the mirror. 
looking very smart and kneeling on a small mat just to the right of the girls was Ryan, dressed in his best suit. I'd never felt more nervous in a dress since that time in this same house when I had been the only one in costume, a skimpy witch's dress at her party. These were not the nerves of humiliation or fear of discovery, but from making what seemed like such a momentous decision. Looking out at the girls in the backyard, my heart felt like it was in my throat, and I only hoped I could go through with it. As a slow version of the song Girls Just Want to Have Fun played on the MP3 player, I stepped out into the backyard. The girls all turned and smiled encouragingly at me. I know that I had a huge smile on my face as well. I couldn't help it. I was beaming like a bride on her wedding day, and why wouldn't I be? I was wearing my mother's wedding gown, complete with gloves and a veil. The dress just dripped with lace, and it was about the most feminine thing I had ever set eyes on. Alexis didn't think it would be a problem as long as we got it back before it was noticed or missing. You know, a collaring ceremony isn't the same thing as a wedding ceremony, said Sabrina. That might be so, said Gwen, but it's still a very special day when a boy walks down an aisle in his mom's wedding dress. Alexis walked up to me and extended her arm. I took it and she led me up to the others. She lifted the veil from my head before Taylor and I turned to face each other. I smiled sheepishly at Taylor while Sabrina began to speak. My sisters, we are gathered here today to celebrate the relationship between Taylor and Samantha in the spirit of female supremacy and the subservience of all males. What we undertake here today is a wonderful thing. Samantha has chosen of his own free will to give himself completely to Taylor as her sissy slave. Taylor has freely chosen to accept Samantha as her sub, becoming his mistress to guide and protect him from this day forth. They have both written their own vows, which they will now recite. Taylor walked forward. Holding my veil out of the way, she gently fastened a pink rhinestone dog collar around my neck. With the placing of this collar around your neck and your acceptance of it, I pledge to do all I can to be worthy of your devotion. I will love you, honor you, support you in all things, and be sensitive to all your needs and desires. You will be my sissy, and I will be your mistress, now and forever. The whole time she locked eyes with me, do you now accept, and will you always wear my collar? I do, I said solemnly. Alexis handed me a leash that matched the collar I now wore and handed me a small lock and key, which I gave to Taylor, saying, This lock expresses the binding of me to you. It is the expression of my surrender to you in mind, body, and soul, and the totality of my commitment to you. I will follow in any direction you decide to take. I place my trust in you without fear, for I give myself to you entirely. My utmost desire is to please you, not through fear or punishment, because I want to give myself freely onto your keeping. Taylor leaned forward and put the lock through the clasp on the collar, grasping in her hand, then leaning back and looking deep into my eyes before significantly closing it firmly. She leaned in and kissed me on the lips. 
not passionately, but almost chastely. I accept the gift of your submission, and I will cherish it, and you, always. Sabrina smiled, saying, The two of you are now, and from this day forth, mistress and slave. Ceremony merely acknowledges and announces this fact to the world. This is the inescapable bond the goddess of mother has placed on both of you. This time, when Taylor and I kissed, it had all the passion that had been missing from the last kiss. She gave in full, and it was returned in kind. It was wet, powerful, and my knees went weak. I felt it throughout every inch of my body. Ashley photographed it all beautifully, not to embarrass me, but so that we all could look back and remember every aspect of this amazing day. As Alexis, Gwen, Ashley, and Sabrina stepped forward to congratulate us, I felt the tears begin to roll down my cheeks. Soppy sissy, she'll always treat you well, you know, whispered Alexis, probably better than you deserve. She loves you. I know, I nodded. Thanks, sis, for everything. The end. Hey, I hope you made it all the way through to the end. That was a special 67-minute uh, recording. Uh, the final piece to the Sam's New Life series. All parts are now available on Clips for Sale, and I hope you'll head over there and give it a, give it a listen. To. It's definitely one of the best series I've written, and I think it's generally considered the best ending I've done. And I say this with all humility, I've written like 430 stories, so even if they're all pretty bad, you got to figure the best out of 430 is still going to be pretty decent. Anyway, that's it for this week. Hopefully next week will we'll be a damn sight uh, better. I will be back next Monday, and I hope you will be too. Take care.